0: This is Mouth Media Network, the business of
1: being heard. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Phil Duffy. I'm the VP of Product at BrainCorp. Uh, we're a company that makes uh, AI brains for robots. Uh, and the thing I love about retail is the fact it touches everybody's lives. Uh, we're all involved in retail. We're either working in it or we're, you know, delivering to it or we're shopping there. And so, you know, developing technology that, that's currently developed for the retail industry is exciting because it's, it's really technology for everybody.
0: From New York City, you're listening to Retail Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and
2: business in the retail industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. So happy you are here. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rako, and the other, but far more important host, Rebecca Fitz. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, Mark. I'm nothing if not a... uh, a, 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 I'm here to support...
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so so not true. My ride or die podcast. Oh, Thank
2: are. you, my friend. Uh, anyway, also with us, Phil Duffy uh, from BrainCorp. Uh, we are so happy to have you here, sir. Thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. And a little behind the scenes, uh, pulling the curtain back, Phil has been the most patient guest maybe we've ever had as we dealt with a few things behind the scenes here uh, because we all run our own businesses. And uh, he patiently waited as we got our stuff together but here we are so thank you so much for that i really really appreciate it um uh, let's start here i swear this is true on any show we do at mouth media regardless of industry my literal favorite word we ever get to talk about is robots <laughs> it is i am so excited when we get to talk about robots i don't know what it is it just makes my day so the question I would like to lead off with, not necessarily to set the tone of our discussion, but it's it's what's on my head, is um, I think when people think of robots, they think of different things. You know, some think of the Terminator, some think of, uh, they, they think of Danger Will Robinson, some think of their Roomba, some think of something they've seen in the store taking inventory, and, and then there's just, you know, little tiny robots we're not even really perceiving are in our life. Uh, And then of course there's, you know, big factory robots and so forth. So um, I guess uh, maybe this is a dumb question. I'm not sure, but through your lens, Phil, what should we be thinking about when we think of robots, at you know, least that, in relation to this conversation?
1: that That said it was perfect. I mean that that is literally the the dilemma we look at every single day. The expectations of different people that go back to the the robots that you see in uh, automotive manufacturers, automotive manufacturers that are you know building cars that are really pre-programmed and and aren't autonomous to the the robots you see in star wars right and then and the the public's perception is, is all, all kinds of levels in between um what's interesting i think about the robots today is they've evolved over quite a few years right you know uh, as we said like back in the 1950s it was very simple automation in in factories that's moved to the kind of amazon robots you see uh in warehouses over the last you know 15 years or so taking goods and moving them around you know a lot of these robots are pre-programmed or they are uh you know following uh, magnetic strips in the floor or being controlled by external beacons they're not autonomous and they require a lot of uh, you know uh, area modification uh to, to be used they're not really great around people but in the last three to five years or so, we're starting to see these fully autonomous robots that are making decisions that now don't need to have any setup to be, you know, uh, used in an area. Uh, you don't need to change any, any of the environments, and they are able to be used at scale amongst us. So, in retail stores, in malls, in airports, in uh, in office buildings, uh, it's a brand new thing. There's only a small amount of companies working on those robots. These are fully autonomous robots, and they are, in my opinion, the, the first stepping stone to the future of robotics. It it it, it, it uh, allows everybody, the general public, to to interact with robots. Um, it's a long way away from Star Wars. It's a long way away from Hollywood. But, you know, uh, we're taking those small baby steps to get there.
2: What did I tell you, Rebecca? Robots. It's so cool.
0: <laughs> it It is so cool, by the way, and I think there's probably a little bit of a uh, – a gap. I'll say uh, there, this is a two point kind of thing. Um, one, and I think there's probably a lot to say here. So let's just, you know, talk about this. When I was reading about Brain Corp, one of the things that I was delighted to read um, is that robots are really working in tandem with humans. And you just said, you know, some of them, the old world didn't really work well with humans because they were so robotic. They might elbow you out of the way, not because that's AI, but because that's the movement they have. Um, and I think there is a fallacy out there that. Oh, robots are going to take my job. And I just I don't necessarily think that's true just because as you mentioned, retail touches everyone. It's a, a really human experience. Um, so I'd love to hear more about how we can uh, humans and robots can coexist. Ha. Did you ever think we'd be talking about that, Mark?
1: This is it's all about cobots. It's about like robots that do interact with people. You know, um, robots that have to work in the environment that we live in need to be designed and, and developed completely differently with the user in mind. And the users uh, in, in most products, the user is the direct person that's using that robot. Oh, that 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 product, I should say. In the world of robotics, the user is the operator plus everybody around. It's all the third-party actors. It's the you know you when you're shopping. It's the shelf stocker stocking shelves. The, you know the realtor, uh, 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 the realtor assistant that's working in the store. Um, and this the designing a system that works with all those different actors and have uh, interacts with them correctly and still performs its task. Is really the goal right so if we look at the uh, um, a very basic task at retail cleaning the floor right the janitorial staff at retail have a whole uh, host of different projects to work on it's a very tough job there's lots of different areas involved uh, cleaning the floor is about 20% of the uh, role of a janitorial assistant at, at retail and so uh, it's a long, laborious uh, role, often uh, you know, qu- quite backbreaking. You're moving equi- heavy equipment, um, and this is the ideal scenario for a robot. A robot is good when it, it's up- used to, to do dull, dirty, or dangerous tasks. Those are the three things that it really excels at. And we can throw a fourth D in there as well: data. Anything that's heavy, data-based, uh, robots are good at. And so, you know, humans have the ability to be very flexible. They can make decisions that robots can't make. They can uh, change their uh, approach to things. Robots are, are often generally fixed-minded. Uh, they they you know they can follow a, a basic set of uh, principles. Now, the robots we're developing with AI means that they can apply those principles within complex dynamic environments, such as retail environments. But they are really set to, to solve basic tasks, cleaning the floor, delivering goods. Um, you know, uh, recording inventory uh, numbers. And so we're in a world today where the retail industry almost became the backbone, along with the healthcare industry, of COVID-19, right? You know, the whole world closed down, offices closed down, people aren't going to to the movies, um, but the retail stores stay open and they need to be uh, kept to a certain level of clean um, for uh, both the employees and the shoppers to, to be safe, right? But cleaning, disinfecting, and sanitization is a very complex task, and you need to, you know, sanitize very uh, lots of different areas in a, in a retail store: door handles, touch points. That's difficult for robots to do. But a robot can take the monotonous task of cleaning a floor, the two to three hours of very basic information, and clean a floor autonomously, allowing that retail assistant to now interact and, and uh, provide the really critical care that we need to keep everyone safe in the store, sanitization. So that's where robots are really coming in. It is a dual situation. We're not taking jobs because we you know, we can't do, robots can't do what humans can do. Um, but we are a very advanced tool that makes humans a lot more productive. And that's kind of the lens that we look at. There's two interesting things about robots, I think, that, that have made a big difference in retail. Firstly, It's the fact that they can take the dull, dirty, and monotonous tasks, uh, allowing humans to perform higher value tasks. But the second thing is really interesting, that they can provide data that goes with that. So now retailers can turn around and say, well, you know, we want compliance level set. We want to know that our store is clean this much a day, covers this much area, covers these specific points and they can receive all the data to, to look at that and measure their compliance against it. That hasn't been possible before robotics. So, again, combination of you know performing the task and helping that way make people more productive and reporting on it so that you can manage that process is really the, the key, um, I think, success story of robots in retail at the moment.
0: And I think there's a little catching up to do. I saw, um, Mark knows well, my, my Instagram addiction, um, a cute video of someone who um, was really in a grocery store upstate and a robot came out of aisle three, probably cleaning. Um, and she has a young daughter who went screaming off into the distance, um, who was taken off guard by it. Um, and so I think there might be another little either education gap for Customers and, and folks who actually work in retail, and um, I was going to say and robots, but that just uh, but uh, the industry right. in coming together. So, do you have actual robots out in um, retail stores as we speak?
1: We do, yeah, we have uh. We have about 14,000 robots operating globally, uh, mostly in the U.S. um, and and Japan. Uh, We're moving into Europe at the moment. Um, You know, about about a third of those robots are currently in the retail industry. Um, We have different types of robots. You know, Um, our robots uh, clean floors. They're kind of like big industrial Zambonis that clean floors. Um, They also uh, do delivery. You know, we're working with a number of retailers right now. On delivery systems that takes the goods from the back of the store as it gets, uh, you know, as the supply chain comes in, and takes those goods out to the various different uh, aisles, drops off cages of of uh, inventory, and goes back to, for for more, uh, you know, goods. And so, um, in that scenario, you, you're really, uh, you're, you're. Uh, Reducing the amount of walking their employees are doing—you're reducing the amount of walking they're doing, carrying a thousand-pound cage of, of inventory, right? So it's uh, it's really quite a, an essential task, um, and it, it allows uh, the retail operations uh, folks to maximize the productivity of their uh, teams without having to put them under any due stress. So, you know, we do delivery, we clean floors. We are also now um, working with uh, a couple of retail customers to scan their inventory as well within the stores. And what's interesting about this is that's a technology that's been embedded into the other machines. So while we're cleaning floors, we can scan inventory. While we're doing delivery, we can scan inventory. And we can help customers with you know, what's missing from the shelves, what's misplaced. Is it planogram compliant? Is it, is it you know, price compliant? These are the kind of technologies we're helping retailers with today. That's
0: true multitasking, yeah. which, by the way, humans don't really do a great job of.
1: So. <laughs> it's difficult,
2: yeah. Uh, you, you know, Phil, uh, I'm, I'm sort of caught in something you said, where you said there's about fourteen thousand robots out there right now in the field, uh, w- w- which is, you know, incredible, and I'm sure that's only going to grow. How do you deal with that from an infrastructure standpoint and a a service standpoint and the fact that by the time you get 14, you go from the first one to the 14,000th one? I'm imagining innovation has happened since you did the first one to the 14,000th one. How do you make sure that what you're building doesn't – in a, in a, in a way, you you know, it's an opportunity. To obsolescence creates an opportunity, but at the same time, you're trying to create an adoption out there. Mm-hmm that you don't want people to look at that their stuff is just obsolete. And it's, you know, right. of course, just like my iPhone, I'm going to get my next gen robot. You don't want them to go, ah, we can't, we can't afford to invest in the next generation of mm-hmm. this. Uh, we'll just live with this as it breaks down It breaks down or it dis disassu- whatever it is. I don't mean to assume that they break. Down, right. 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 Anyway, the point is is that how, with that large of an army of robots already out there, how do you even track and also how do you design sort of ahead of the curve? Right. Saying saying this isn't just a matter of a software upgrade. Mm-hmm. But you guys are even make hardware developments that are going to make, you know, maneuverability a little smoother or, you know, whatever, you know, the cleaning more effective or, you know, whatever it is.
1: So a couple of things on this. Um, Firstly, you're absolutely right. Uh, You know, robots are fully connected IoT systems. Um, They are connected to the cloud. All of our machines are cloud connected. Uh, And that means we are able to update our software regularly. We update our software generally on our robots about once a month, give or take. So the, the machine you get in January is a very different machine um, come December. You know, we upgrade the, uh, the technology, the performance of the, of, of the robot's capabilities. We download new features that allow new, uh, you know, use cases to be um, enabled. Um, so we, we're constantly updating all of our, all the information. Now, one of the important things uh, that, that goes to this is the network effect of large robotic fleets. You know, um, and when we look at our robots today uh, with 14,000 of them, uh, we are pulling in data sets from all of those those robots. Uh, and that data set we look at, and you know, uh, the larger the data set, the more edge cases and problems we solve uh, with navigation. Um, and the more problems we solve, Uh, the smarter our algorithms are. The smarter our algorithms are, the smarter the fleet is in general, right? So that's a really interesting element that we've got all this data now that's being pulled in and we're able to use that to uh, drive the intelligence of our machines. The second point um, about uh, machines being developed for different tasks and having different mechanical capabilities, um, one thing I should say is we actually don't build robots. We are the Microsoft of robotics. We're the AI company behind it. So we work with a multitude of different uh, OEM manufacturers that have various different products. We work with tenants and Karcher, Nilfisk, um, uh, you know, on a big, large industrial cleaning uh, machines that fit various different applications. Um, and we work with uh, companies like Unicarrier and Dane Technologies on the, the delivery systems. Um, and so our machines 14th Softbank robotics is another big one in Japan. Uh, our machines are developed, but the technology is spread across a myriad of different um, OEMs and so customers and uh, you know, retail industry, uh, retail customers have the ability to still shop for the product they want. They can still uh, make sure that their product, uh, you know, fits their niche and their requirements, uh, but it uses break-up technology. So there's a real advantage to that. There's a real advantage to to have a uh, you know a single technology carrier uh, operating across multiple uh, products, because uh, now if a retailer is you know has the the cleaning machines and the uh, the delivery machines, or maybe the scanning machines, um, because all the systems are running on one brain OS technology, which is our our core technology. um, They're only managing one set of encryption and and security. They're managing one set of data stream. Uh, That data is all going to one portal where they can access it. And so it's really kind of a platform approach to robotics that's been designed around the needs of the retailers. All right. uh, Coming up,
2: you'll hear how uh, data provides both an opportunity and a reward. Uh, in the implementation of robotics uh, in the retail environment. And also, how has the pandemic presented either an opportunity or perhaps a friction for uh, the adoption and use of robotics in retail? Uh, both of those things up next. You're, ro- you're rolling, Mark. Oh, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. I'm Mark Rako. And I am Puff Puffin Ball. And we are two of the hosts of Fashion is Your Business, which is a weekly show. And in part, it's about fashion tech, but it's also about the intersection of business and technology, innovation, e-commerce, business strategy, you name it, we probably talk about it. We've had many people on the show over the last six years. We've been, we've not missed a week. Every week we've had at least one show. That's more than 350 episodes uh, with some of the foremost fashion technology. Wait, have, have we, We, so. we uh, I, I don't actually know this stat. Are, have we ever missed a week? I don't think we've ever missed a week in one That's way or another, crazy. presenting some value. But uh, but enough about us. Let's talk about you. Wow. <laughs> um, no, look, if I'm going to throw my promo out there, I'll say that
0: as a retail strategist, uh, we go very deep into Um, really curating the conversation. So whether they be investors or futurists, strategists, um, a lot of technology founders, I mean, uh, brand leaders, the the conversations and the wealth and the the spectrum of people that have been on the show are are incredible. And to think back on the last six years, which I I actually did not know it was six years. I was going to say five, but still... um, Unbelievable, uh, the the breadth of information that's in here, and yeah,
2: uh, I've learned a ton, so I'm assuming other folks have learned a ton as well. Look, to us, it's been like a masterclass covering everything from textiles to retail and everything in between. It covers business news from startups to conglomerates. And the show is a fun and accessible morning radio vibe. Uh, We have fun and you will too. But the main thing is whether or not you are in the fashion industry or fashion technology, there's something here for everybody. You'll hear us every Tuesday without fail on Fashion is Your Business. And guess what? You can find it pretty much anywhere you find your best podcasts everywhere from Spotify to Apple to Stitcher to Google. All of the things. All of the things. Fashion is your business so phil uh let's uh let's deal with the pandemic thing first a little bit which which may tie into data perhaps and that is uh you know, as we record this uh obvious to anyone we're still well in the midst of a horrific pandemic which has uh certainly rattled and rifled and done a lot of other things to the retail world uh and in some cases presented opportunities that we didn't expect how has that affected you guys has that uh increased the need and use of robotics or has just the fact that less stores are occupied changed the dynamic of interest or use
1: well a couple of things with this is really interesting um you know uh, pre-covid Uh, the two areas that we were getting a lot of interest in that we were growing in was both retail and the cleaning industry. Uh, And they are both industries that are highlighted by uh, the pandemic. Um, And so... Uh, I think the the retailers are really positioned well to take advantage of robotic technology when this kicked off, certainly the customers we're working with. And we work with a whole myriad, you know, Walmart, Giant Eagle, Sam's Club, Kroger, Schnucks, mm. et cetera. Um, and so we are seeing a – we saw a 24% increase in usage year-over-year year in Q2 this year. Um, you know, that normalized a little more in Q3. But overall, uh, so far in the year, we're looking at a 15% increase in usage Um, which really goes towards uh, the retailers seeing the value in uh, automation, right? Uh, The other thing I think that's even more interesting is prior to the pandemic, there was lots of concerns about robots. You know, uh, how are people going to perceive them? Are are they perceived to be a a labor issue? Are they dangerous? You know, uh, not only has... uh, a lot of our retail customers being very comfortable with uh, bringing in robotic technology. We're actually seeing a 24.6% increase in daytime usage. So nearly a quarter percent increase in uh, daytime usage, um, which before would have been, you know, these machines would have been used after hours or while the store was closed. Uh, and so, Uh, We are seeing a huge uptick in uh, usage in, uh, you know, daytime hours, uh, which really talks to two things. One, the level of comfort I think retailers have with robotic technology now. And two, the fact that they are showing their customers um, that they're doing everything they can to provide the maximum amount of clean and keep them safe from COVID. Clearly, uh,
2: there's an opportunity to gather, I imagine, an immense amount of data just in general, from the work done by uh through robotics and and the the complex uh, uh by the way uh, not just a single robot but also this network of robots perhaps across a single uh chain of of a retailer's stores or or even uh you know what you're able to glean from across a variety of retailers and in behavior or or whatever is involved so what kind of data can you gather And uh, how how does that present? Let's call it a twofer. twofer. You know, I I, I get a I get I get my robot to clean my floor or or inspect my inventory or whatever else they're going to do. And and I also have gained these insights just by doing that, you know,
1: so a couple of things here, right? I mean, uh, well, let's cover the COVID thing separate to the, uh, the inventory uh, issue. But with COVID, um, now re- retailers can actually set compliance levels. They can turn around and say, we need a retail store cleaning this often, this much times a day in all of these areas and measure against that compliance level something that was never possible before um, and so uh, headquarters so, you know if you're a if you're a major headquarter and you've got multi thousand stores that's a really big issue for you to manage if you're in facilities management uh, but now headquarters can look at their their you know data in aggregate and individual each store and say you know which stores are in compliance who's doing really well who's not doing well and and the success of robotics in these areas isn't just the robot itself it's how well uh, the retailer at the, at the store level can um, go through a change management process change with their operations group to, to ensure robots are set up to be successful you know um running a robot uh when the store is is packed to the, the the busy shopping hour or when they you know the we have pallets everywhere during restocking may not be the most optimal position so again data allows them not only to look at compliance levels but how Uh, these machines are being used within their processes. The second element's really interesting, right? Um, The second element is as these robots are performing their primary task, they're also taking data um, from around the store in terms of uh, the goods that that the inventory is on the the shelves. That information is getting bounced up to the cloud and making its way to the retailer who's able to process that and use that data um, to look at uh, a whole Myriad of different things. One, out of stock. What's out of stock and what needs to be stocked? Two, missing goods within the shelves, which is a huge issue in retail. Um, and, uh, and three, uh, what do we, they need to do in terms of supply chain and how that, that, that's brought in? So there's a, an opportunity here to clean the floor and report on stock uh, levels at the same time. Um, that ties together with the inventory delivery system, right? So a, lo- a number of uh, retailers now uh, are changing their approach to retail. Uh, one of the big changes that we're seeing as a trend is a move from palletized uh, truck packing to um, loose truck packing to maximize the amount of goods in the truck. Um, that's then, uh, that's then uh, detrucked uh, at the store level through a uh, conveyor system. And those goods are placed into uh, the appropriate carts. Now, normally humans would take those carts, often weighing a thousand pounds, through to you know uh, the various different uh, shelving sections and start stocking the shelves. Now, with our system, uh, we're able to uh, ensure there's a a number of workers in the in the uh, store associates in the back receiving the goods. A number of store associates. Um, you know, on the aisles, actually planning and stocking, and the robots are able to transfer these goods between them, which really saves a lot of uh, the, the process issues. And so all of that is tied together with data, right? What's been transported, uh, transported uh, when it's got transported, when it got dropped off, and it just really allows uh, retail store managers and operational um, experts at the regional and, and corporate level to plan their processes to, to maximize, you know, productivity. So very exciting time for, uh, you know, robots and and retailers to come together.
2: Gosh, that's so interesting. Um, Where do you see robots used in retail that just doesn't seem like anyone's been thinking about that, but you guys have? Like if you could just catch the attention of that group of, uh, of, uh, you know, that particular industry of retail or open their imagination up. Right, you see a huge application.
1: So it's really interesting, right? You know, uh, the question we get asked a lot is like, well, how do you know so much about retail? Like, you know, what's coming down the pipe? What's going to change the world of retail? And my answer uh, running the product group is... Well, that's going to be down to the retailers. It's about a conversation. It's about us working with our partners to identify the real problems that need to be solved and then going through them one by one. You know, an interesting area, I think, is when we look at the transformation of uh, regular brick-and-mortar stores to e-commerce fulfillment stores. You know, um, Best Buy has been talking about transferring, you know, almost 50% of the stores to full e-commerce fulfillment over the next couple of years. We know that Walmart and several other companies are starting to do that as well. And so a couple of things here. One, out of stock. You know, when, uh, when a, a general shopper is stopping, shopping in-store and something is missing they can transfer and pick up an alternate product. That's not always possible with e-commerce. If that one product that you've selected to be bought isn't available, it's a missed sale. And so making sure that the, uh, the, the, the products are on the shelves is important for Shoppers, it's even more important for e shoppers. Um, and then we can look at like e commerce fulfillment, you know, uh, a- a- assisting store associates to, um, you know, put their e commerce fulfillment systems together, be able to bring that out, doing store to curb delivery for pickup. There's a whole uh, host of areas that robots can help with. And uh, Brain Corporation is working together with these, uh, our retail partners to really solve those problems, identify What are the biggest issues? And I think over the next few years, we're really going to see movement into that kind of e e commerce fulfillment space.
0: And so, is there, you've mentioned a lot of big retailers, um, and I I think there is a little bit of a dichotomy in um large retailers maybe legacy retailers um any direct to consumer brands caught up and said i need robotics uh and, and is it a price issue or is it a volume issue you know, um or is it just a solving for for retail operations um,
1: and and then you. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really had those conversations yet. You know, uh, robotics is a fairly new, um, you know, uh, phenomenon. Robotics in mm-hmm. in open to public spaces, I should say. Um, and uh, you know, so we we deliver uh, products to uh, airports. We we have robots operating in malls, uh, retail, as I said. Um, you know, uh, quite a few of our robots operating commercial office buildings. Um, and so that's kind of our focus. It's it's B two B. It is uh, you know assisting at the uh, at the kind of more corporate level, um, but we're solving the problems uh, on the day to day in the store. You know, that's that's the real technology. When you've got a robot that's been operated, and often, you know, the, these machines are operated at very complex times, right? You know, shell stockings happening at the time. Uh, people are driving forklift trucks, pulling pallet jacks, dropping pallets in the middle of aisles. Stores are 24 hours, so you've got to deal with the highest level of, uh, of safety, because uh, the public are in there. Um, it takes a really sophisticated uh, navigation system to, to navigate those 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 elements. Uh, one of the reasons we first went into retail was because we, after all the environments we first looked at, we recognised that the retail area was so complex, and we thought if we could solve this, we can move on to any other area. Um, if we can't solve this, you know what? It was a good shot. We'll we'll we'll, we'll go and do something different. But retail has been a major focus from us from the start. Uh, we've been embraced by uh, quite a few different retail companies, and um, it's still a challenge. I wouldn't say by any means that it's solved, but we're really uh, enjoying kind of the ability to solve major problems. So, you know, we do talk corporately, you know, we're obviously, uh, but the the solutions are very store level um, solutions.
0: So interesting because <laughs> I, I retail really is, um, it's difficult. There are little issues almost at every level. So. Absolutely. Fascinating.
2: How are you? How are you getting in front of people right now? Uh, I mean, I guess you're doing it right this second as we have you on the show. But how are you getting in front of people now when you don't have the same kind of pressing of the flesh that you might have at the National Retail Federation show or some, you know, uh, shop talk or uh, Mm -hmm. CES or anything like that, where, uh, where you can just meet so many big players and and have those really eye to eye relationship moments. Right. Um, how how are you, I mean, you know, pandemic has been going on for a while now. That's a big chunk of a year mm-hmm. as you're trying to move things forward. Um, how have you rethought your business development approach?
1: You know what? It's with interesting amount? with business development for retail, because, you know, the retail industry is one of the few industries that hasn't closed down. Uh, and if anything, they've got more operational problems than they had before. And so, um, they're actually coming a lot to us. Those conversations aren't a problem for us. We, we you know, lead generation is not something that's an issue. Uh, if anything, our, our biggest issue is um, operationally solving these the, these problems. You know, uh, the robotics industry got hit by COVID the same as everyone else. Supply chain issues uh, have hit us. Uh, you know, supply chain uh, with our OEM manufacturers has been, you know, uh, an issue when when it first kicked off. Uh, sending out deployment staff from California. Uh, was an issue we've overcome all of these problems um you know we've put operational contingencies in place to to you know keep customers safe um to to be able to deploy our machines we've been working a lot on um, remote technology to help customers as well so you know, prior where we would have sent up uh, you know, deployment staff in to deploy a machine, we're actually working on programs with major retailers so they can deploy machines themselves and us train them remotely. And so we, we've we adapted to make this work. Um, you know, operational has been our major issue uh, in terms of, uh, you know, working with customers. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting robots out there.
0: It's fascinating. It's like the future is here. I hate to sound like, you know, I just um, fell out of a time
1: capsule myself, but, you know. I think one of the interesting uh, points that, that's particular to BrainCorp is um, that we actually don't build ground or build robots, right? A lot of our robots, only I mean, a few of them are, but a lot of our robots are actually transformed manual equipment that have been turned into fully autonomous robots. Uh, cleaning machines are a classic example. Uh, so the delivery tugs, um, And so you've, we've got a scenario where these robots are fully autonomous in open to the public environments. And our biggest reaction to a robot driving past, through all of our you know, user experience studies, the biggest reaction is no reaction whatsoever. Now, other companies we know that have built robots, Nightscope, etc., that look like robots... They get a reaction, and often it's, it can be negative. Um, we've kind of slipped under the, the radar a little bit because we have turned everyday machines into full robots. And those, unfortunately for the, the janitorial industry, you know, often janitors can be overlooked in environments. The machines they use can be overlooked. And so people don't even realize that the, these machines are operating uh, autonomously. Um, so I think that's one of the elements of success we've had here: the fact that we haven't changed infrastructure, the fact that we haven't, you know, built anything that that has made a stark change, that we've automated a process that already exists, um, and uh, you know, empowered the the operators um, to really become, uh, you know, upgraded. There's an interesting element we have where with our first wave of machines that went to retail were um, floor cleaning machines. And so often you've got janitors that are on the lower end of the totem pole in, um, you know, uh, store associates, uh, now becoming the experts in automation. And when we brought in the delivery systems, which is now geared to a completely different team, it's the janitor that's the expert. Um, And so we're seeing in quite a few locations that that expertise of, uh, you know, one of the lower level staff is now rising up because of uh, robotic technology.
0: That's, that's great to hear again, because I think some of the um, stereotypes that are, are right. still out there. So yes, and it for you guys, it's about the platform, you're not building the, I'm um, gonna lowball it, the RDT2s mm-hmm. of the, the world. It's, it's really about um, everyday, everyday infrastructure.
2: Right. All right. Uh, this seems like a. Perfect time to go away from robots and go towards humans. Uh, just, just for a second, if we could, uh, as we get to know Phil a little bit more uh, on a personal basis with some personal questions. Right after this,
0: every business has at least one big pivotal moment the moment when you say, Okay. We're at this turning point, so then what? I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of Ellen Accounting Advisor. I hope you'll join me each week on my podcast, Then What, as we talk with successful business leaders who push past their business's biggest then what moments and succeed in an even bigger way because of effective leadership and solid business practices. It's inspiring and deeply useful information for any entrepreneur. Subscribe to Then What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts.
2: Phil, uh, we love to get our, I feel like we've gotten to know you in a weird way. uh, uh, Not a weird way, but uh, we've gotten to know you uh, a little bit but it's time to get to know you more with a round of personal questions where we get to know you a little bit more as a human and you know I don't want to take away the robot part of you but uh <laughs> but uh, by the way Phil has a a super cool t-shirt on it's a black t-shirt and it's uh it's got a sunrise and then a robot head and then a uh, refresh, you know, the little arrow in a circle uh, symbol, which I believe means uh, Rise, Robots, Repeat. Rise, rise, Robots, Repeat, yeah. So I've already, I, I've already uh, told uh, told Phil that w- whatever it costs, I need me one of those t-shirts someday. <laughs> well, let's, it's we'll get you the on. greatest. It's great. Uh, I, uh, I just have to compliment him again on it. Um, okay, uh, Phil, I'm going to ask you uh, – What's the first robot in your life that you remember being affected by? In the movies or TV or in culture in some way.
1: So I grew up in the seventies, right? Like nineteen seventy seven was a huge year for you know uh, anyone that was seven years old. Star Wars broke, um, you know, and that's where I think robots really gained the personality uh, that has been associated for a long time. I mean, robots around before. Don't get me wrong, I've seen all the robot films prior, but uh, you know, me as a kid growing up, nineteen seventy seven, that first Star Wars film. I think that was the hook, right? And then I've continued this throughout my career, you know, the the one big unfulfilled promise from the last uh, century. robots and I guess flying cars. And someone else is working on that, I guess. But you know, I've always wanted to solve that big robot problem. It's it's something that that, you know, we've been promised and uh I, I believe we're somewhat owed and uh it's down to us to build it.
2: So Phil, uh uh what would you say during the pandemic has been one of the more human things maybe even you've discovered about yourself or that you that you experienced along the way
1: so i guess you know two things right one one of both work related but you know uh one one just uh, how you interact with people you know i, I tend to be uh very collaborative you know, I work with a, a great team. We work on a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts. I like the uh, the ability to, you know, use whiteboards and develop stuff. That all kind of went away with COVID. You know, uh, we're isolated. You're working, you know, uh, remote. So building up a system, uh, a brand new process to work with people and be collaborative remotely has been challenging. And um, I wasn't even sure we'd be able to do it. I wasn't sure I'd be able to do it initially. I think we've done a really good job. And to the point now that we have great team members we're in connection with all the time, but they're actually moving further apart. They're saying, you know what? I can do this for a while. I can do that for a while. As a company, BrainCorp isn't coming back to the office until next August. We've made a a decision to really invest in that remote kind of uh, scenario. So I think that's one of the things for me that has been challenged, the fact that we've overcome this this remoteness and created this human connection even though there's this great distance between us. The other one I'd say is um, I was in a a retail store recently, and uh, I've got to say there's a number of retailers out there. I won't say which one, uh, one of the larger ones, that really does work well to promote some of the people in society that don't have the opportunity everyone else has. So I was working with uh, a retailer uh, looking at products, and uh, they had uh, someone in uh, one of their associates that has Down Down syndrome and um you know uh i'm i started working with her trying to get an understanding of how she understands the robot is it too complex and we've designed this specifically uh to to make robotics accessible and it was just amazing to see somebody that was not only i guess challenged but had really adapted with that and she was honestly one of the best operators of our machines that we have. Right? She know she. I mean, she was talking to us about our machines like a product manager. Um, you know, making suggestions on how we can improve it, telling us how she uses it to solve these uh, scenarios. And so it was really impressive to see that the retailers are really enabling uh, people in from that that part of our community to be successful. It was even more phenomenal to see. Uh, someone like that using technology to become more productive. And she was able to, to do that. You use the machine, set it off, get it going and then start applying her uh, skills to the sanitation and disinfecting that I I mentioned earlier that keeps us all safe. So that was kind of a big key for me. I'm like, wow, this, this stuff is cool technology, but it's actually has a human element that can really make a, a difference as well.
2: That was a lovely, lovely story. I'm so glad you shared it. Thank you very much. And, um, on a separate note, by the way, uh, you know, thinking about being away from an office, it just occurred to me for the first time through this entire pandemic. One thing that's disappeared from our lives is uh, the, the 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 sort of compulsory birthday celebrations in the office, where everyone has to gather around and there's a cake and you sing, and it's very nice. But seriously, like, no, I, I bet that's not happening that much. You don't have a Zoom meeting where. You know, just, it's interesting dynamic change. So,
1: But you know what? It, it, that That is interesting. That's, that's something I certainly don't miss either. But, uh, you know, we are finding ways as a company to try and celebrate the wins. And that's really hard to do remotely. But, uh, you know, our, both our HR uh, team and uh, teams within the company, uh, uh, you know, we're working hard to work together to make sure that we – we celebrate the, the either the customer wins, the engineering wins, the you know the the various different goals that happen. Because I do think celebrating is important; it brings the team together, it motivates people. It's just hard to do remote.
0: Agreed. By the way, these two questions you answered were spectacular. Um, this has been a conversation. I'm happy you actually said you know, this is fairly new, um, you know, technology. Um, you do so much of it, probably way over eight hours a day. Um, anything futuristic we should know about that, um, like an app you have on your phone or something to, um, to bring us up to par on what's happening in the
1: world um, or or do you stay out of that um, side of the, the business when you're?: No, that is that's the side I, I kind of work on. No yeah, we are we're, we're developing apps uh, right now to um, you know integrate everyone together. you know it, it's interesting when you look at the retail industry and you look at I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the issue with uh, Roomba the fact that people buy Roomba, they're all excited by it, they set it all up. And then they go to work and they come home and the room is still sitting where they left it in the corner. And they did, did it, did it clean the house? Didn't it clean the house? I don't know. I don't know whether it works or not. Right. Robotics is the same thing, right? Uh, at the corporate headquarters, they have no idea what's going on. Right. Um, the janitor or the, you know, the, the, the associate, the robot operator that's using these machines. Absolutely. They know, but the store manager might not know, or the regional manager has no idea. And corporate, right? So, you know, what we're working on over the next year or so is building out these lines of communication. And so we communicate the right information, the right contextual information to the right level. You know, we've got our reporting to corporate with our portal, a system you can log in and see what's going on. We've got our, uh, you know, communication to the operator through the, uh, the, the uh, user interface on the machine. We're building out apps right now so that, that you know, site managers and store managers can get, stay involved. Regional managers can stay involved. They can start looking at their fleets and see how they're performing. Uh, and I think that's really key, right? Because a lot of people in the retail chain depend on making these, the, these things work and, and optimizing this process. They don't all have access to the machine itself. And we recognize that. We're building out that, that kind of information so you know, they, can, they can be successful.
2: Fantastic, fantastic! All right, so Phil Duffy, how can people find and follow what you guys are doing? Uh, connect with you on a on a B two B from B two B perspective, as well as just kind
1: of watch and learn and admire. Right. I mean, the best way to connect with us is through our website. Um, You know, go to braincorp.com. All the information's there. Uh, We just refreshed our website the the other day, so it's a brand new system. Um, Connections through to us from uh, a sales perspective are on there. Connections through to us to become a technology partner are there. Um, And, uh, you know, feel free to drop us a line uh, and get in touch, and we'd be happy to talk to you. Wonderful. All right, well
2: uh thank you so much, Phil Duffy, uh of Braincorp. Uh what a what a just I told you I love robots. <laughs> and this has just been like just like I just I wish I had a big tub of popcorn while we were doing this. So just the greatest. Thank you so much and continued good luck. And I think you have a I think we're gonna see fourteen thousand robots go up very very quickly. Uh thank you, appreciate so, uh, it. That is it for this episode of Retail is Your Business, and a, and a terrific one it was as well. Uh, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, for both all of you people and all of you robots listening, you never know. You just never know. Uh, for my good friend, Rebecca Fitz. Thank you so much. Great
0: to be with <laughs> both of you.
2: Same here. Uh, I'm Mark Rico. Have a wonderful day, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.
0: This has been Retail Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, audio for
1: business.